Welcome to the Valley Avon Podcast, a weekly podcast provided by Valley Community Baptist Church, located in Avon, Connecticut. Let's pray together before we dive in. God, we thank you for your word, how your word is true, that in the pages of the Bible, God, that we can hear your voice. But God, help us to discern ways in which we can better hear you. And and, and discern additionally ways that we can take out those things that block us from hearing from you too. So in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. As I mentioned in the beginning, if you were here, my name is Brandon. I have the pleasure of serving with those that we call our, our next generation here at Valley. And, and that really is like, like 12-ish to like 30-ish um, that I get to work with. And what is crazy nowadays is that um, I'm getting into a place, and you might laugh, where some of them consider me old. <laughs> now, now, you might be like, oh, you're a spring chicken. But to a 12-year-old, I'm ancient. And so that's why we love and cherish our volunteers who get to work with our students who, who are both older and younger than me, but, but get where they are, understand what is going on in their lives, and seek to point them to Jesus in those circumstances alongside what their parents are encouraging in the Lord as well. So one of the projects that I have worked on in the past uh, few months has been completing my deck so that we could enjoy it in the summer. Now, for a while there, it was kind of like, what was going on with the weather? I didn't get it. But, you know, I, I planned a big work week on my deck. And I was like, it's going to be like April. It'll be cool. And then it was like 85 degrees. And I'm like sunburnt in one day. I didn't really know what was going on. But, but this past week on Monday evening, we went and ate out on the deck for the first time. And we really love eating out on the deck. And um, in our household, we try to get our kids to contribute to, to the happenings of the house, whether that be vacuuming, whether that's something like cleaning the bathrooms, something. And it's not usually like do it on your own. Usually we're accompanying them in that process. Um, and so what happened this Monday is that me and one of my enlisted children were helping set the table, okay? And so we have a tray and we put all the things on the tray and we bring it out. And usually we get one of the, the, the kids to get the utensils because they're manageable to carry. And so they take the utensils out, and on this Monday, Maggie, my middle daughter, was bringing the forks out to set around the table. Now, my deck on one side is not as high, and on the other side, it's much higher. It's about seven feet off the ground. It's not real high. But but Maggie is taking the forks and putting them out, and then her head looks up, and she looks out into the distance. And sometimes when you reprimand your child, you're like, what were you thinking And in that moment, I couldn't say that. I knew exactly what she was thinking. She's thinking, I'm going to throw the fork off the deck. (laughs) And the window to to my house is open, so it's out onto the deck. And because I know exactly what she's thinking, I say, Maggie, don't throw the fork, as the fork cascades out into the lawn. Now, she claims she didn't hear me, 
Or maybe she chose not to listen. But what I would guess is that many of us find ourselves in a similar predicament when it comes to listening to God. Maybe we don't hear him. Or maybe, maybe we, 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 we choose not to hear him. But the purpose of today is how can we listen to God? How can we hear from him? Because if we're going to take next steps as disciples of Christ, we probably need some kind of direction. So today we're going to focus on listening to God, and we're going to frame our discussion around two questions. Two questions. Number one, how do we hear the voice of God? And number two, once we hear the voice, how do we obey his voice? And we're going to look at the passage of Scripture and tease out these questions because the Scriptures will answer them. Now, I want to make it very clear to you, and this is a deep, deep, deep theological learning that you're going to have to pace yourself on, okay? God's not one of these, okay? This is a magic eight ball, okay? We, we potentially use these, I hope you don't, to, to give you direction on things, and half the time you can't get the thing in the middle to come up and tell you what's going on. But, but all that being said, it makes an important distinction that God is not one that we can say, speak, and he will speak. He is a person. He is alive and active. His Holy Spirit is a person. And there are things that we can do to position ourselves to hear him. But, but I want to be clear. There are times in which he remains silent so that we can hear him better. There, there are times at which we're wondering, God, what are you doing? And he's going to answer, but in his own timing, not when we necessarily want him to. And so in light of that reality, we're going to look at Scripture and understand how do we hear him. So let's turn to the passage in Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. You can open in your Bibles. You can follow along on the screen. You can pull them up on your phones, whatever you desire. We're going to start in verse 1. Now, there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. This passage is significant because in this passage, God speaks. Not only does God speak, but we actually gain a context at which God speaks. We can learn something from that context if we're going to be better positioned to hear God. So the first thing that we learn is that it's while they were worshiping, they hear God. While they were worshiping. Now, this word for worship in the New Testament is actually only utilized two other occasions in the New Testament. Now, if you've read the New Testament at all, you probably realize that the word worship is used more than three times in the, in the whole of the New Testament. But this specific word that's utilized for worship here is only utilized three times. In the other two occasions, it's translated as serve. 
service. But the word and its root traces back to the Old Testament. Really, how did those in the temple worship the Lord? The Levites worshiped the Lord through acts of service to prepare the temple so that they could draw in God's presence and worship him in in the amazing reality of the tabernacle. This this is the same kind of connotations in this word that you have in Acts chapter 13. It talks about what these leaders in the church of Antioch were doing. They, They weren't simply worshiping, but they were doing things to facilitate worship in the church. Why is this important? Well, it's important because last week, if you were here, we talked about next steps with Jesus and how serving is a critical next step that one takes when it comes to following after Jesus as a disciple. And what that means from this passage is these leaders were serving as well to facilitate worship in the church. So they were already engaged. They were already involved in the church with community, with others. And the important thing that we learn from this when it comes to hearing God's voice is that one is in a better position to hear God's voice when we're living a life of service. Let me say it again. One is better positioned to hear God's voice when he or she's living out a life of service to him. So this is very important because it's, again, while they were worshiping, they heard him. Let's jump to the next part of this passage because there's something else that you can learn from it. You see, Paul and Barnabas were not in isolation from others. Today, we live in this hyper-individualized society. We emphasize a personal relationship with Jesus, and that's great. But sometimes we can emphasize a personal relationship with Jesus to the exclusion of the community of God. How many times we hear someone say, yeah, I mean, I, I, I follow after Jesus, but you know, this whole like other people who follow Jesus thing, yeah, I'm not really into them. We're not realizing like you're one of them. But what you see in this passage is that Barnabas and Paul are in community with other people that, that are following after Christ, that they're doing this together. And when God speaks, he doesn't just speak to one of them, but he speaks in a corporate environment where those other men are affirming what Paul and Barnabas have been called to do. How is this important when it comes to hearing God's word? Well, it's this, that one is better positioned to hear God's voice when he or she is living in a community focused on the gospel. These these leaders in the church Paul and Barnabas were there for an extended period of time. Last week, we heard about how how Barnabas went and sought out Paul and and brought him back to Antioch. But a year has progressed since then. Paul and Barnabas have had a robust teaching ministry in the church. They've seen huge fruit coming of their ministry. They've been doing this for a while. It's not like you're, you're having one day Paul shows up, the next day they send him out. The author here is giving us the highlights. 
Time has passed. And then they are called out. And these other men affirm what God has said and confirm it by sending them out. So again, how do we hear the voice of God? We live a life of service. We, we do it alongside other people committed to those same purposes. So, so those are the ways that we can better position to hear God's voice. But what about obedience? Because a lot of the passage, God speaks, and a lot of the rest of this section is around, okay, what, what do Barnabas and Saul do after God speaks? That's what we'll turn to in Acts 13, 4 through 13. You can follow along, I'll read it. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. And from there, they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived at Salamanus, they proclaimed the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had John to assist them. And when they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they came to a certain magician, a man of intelligence. Oh, I'm sorry. A Jewish false prophet, not a man of intelligence, named Bar-Jesus. Maybe I need to make my text a little bigger. There we go. <laughs> I told you I'm getting old. <laughs> Bar-Jesus, he was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence who summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the magician, for that is the meaning of his name, opposed them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not stop making crooked the paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. Immediately mist and darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking people to lead him by the hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, and he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga and Pamphylia. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. There's important things to note in this passage that could be easily glossed over in the text. It really, what stands out is this, this um, I'd say, frightening encounter that, that Paul has with this magician. But prior to that point, there's a lot of like, they went here, they did this, they did that. But, but from that, we actually understand about how did Paul and Barnabas, obey God's voice. And so from when God speaks, they head from Antioch to the coast. They get on a ship and they sail to Cyprus. In Acts chapter four, we see that, that Barnabas' home city, home location, country is Cyprus, that this is the island he was from. And so it's no mistake that when they were called, they went to Cyprus because they continued the ministry that they were already doing. They were already teaching in Antioch, and they brought that to the synagogues that were in Cyprus. And they systematically went across Cyprus from east to west, ending on the edge of the island where they encountered the proconsul. See, what I want you to see is that there was a strategy involved and how they sought to obey the Lord's voice. God didn't, at least from what we know from this text, get into specifics. He didn't say, you need to go here for four days, then you gotta go jump on the ship, and then once you're there, you're gonna go here. No, he said, 
set them apart for the work I've called them to. And so Barnabas says, okay, how are we going to be the most impactful with the mission that God has given us? And what I want you to see is that, that Barnabas actually, he took God's calling and obeyed it strategically through his life experiences, his gifts, and his situation. It's no mistake that these things in the passage happened and that Barnabas used what he knew, what he had, where he lived in order to obey the Lord. And this is a very helpful lesson for us to, to digest as we say, okay, we kind of know how to better position ourselves to hear God's voice. We'll get more into that towards the end. But once we hear it, how do we obey it? So it's about using your life experiences, understanding your background, realizing your gifts, your circumstances. And then from here, what we also learn is that Barnabas, in his strategic obedience, he was in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Now, now this is so evident from the text because of the encounter that, that Paul has with the magician. And, and again, this, this encounter stands apart. Can, can we just like, if this happened in your day, it would probably make the dinner table conversation at the end of the day, right? Like, what happened with you? Nothing. Like, what about you? Well, someone was blinded on command at work. This is a big deal. Now, this isn't something that, that you know, we got in our back pocket at all, all occasions as believers in Christ. It's like, you know, when you believe in Jesus, you're forgiven of your sin, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you can blind people whenever you want. Like, it's not there. But, but from there, the Holy Spirit that lives in us is the same Holy Spirit that we see in this passage. And it's by the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, that, that Paul does this. They were invited by the proconsul. And it's important in this passage to see that an opportunity arose when they encountered this powerful proconsul in Cyprus. But it's worth noting that even in the book of Acts, these miraculous acts, while they're happening consistently, the book of Acts was written over many, many years. Meaning like it's describing years of ministry that Paul has and how the early church and how the Lord utilized them. It's full of miraculous things. But even then, those miraculous events are happening sporadically through the ministry. Yes, there are healings. Yes, there are times in which they're released from prison. These amazing things that the Lord does. But that's not the everyday. I mean, you, you, you see it here that, that this happened once in their ministry in Cyprus. Therefore, believers today should not be discouraged should not be discouraged when miraculous events aren't happening at every open door you see. Now, we also should not be surprised when the Holy Spirit does act in miraculous ways. And so from those things that we have in the passage here, looking at our strategic obedience, looking at alignment with the Holy Spirit and following his leading, 
I want you to see here that we hear and obey God when we live a life in service, in a community centered around the gospel, with dependence on the Holy Spirit alongside our experience, our situation, and our gifts. Again, we, we hear God and obey him when we live a life of service in community. Then we can obey him based upon the experiences where, where we are. Because each of us are gifted in unique ways. It says in Ephesians 2.10 that, that you have good works set out for just you since the beginning of creation itself, that God has set these for you to do. And it's not like they're not unique to your situation. They are. And so from that, how do we take steps to hearing God, to listening to him? Well, I think this passage allows us to know three steps, three helpful steps that we can take in listening to God. The first is this. There is a time in our lives that if we want to hear from God, we have to take the step to serve. Are you hearing from God? I mean, all of us, I would say, whether you have a deep faith in the Lord, meaning, meaning long, long periods of faithfulness to him, and you have a huge commitment to him, your life, you've built your life around him, or, or maybe you're here because your parents dragged you here. But, but whether you're on one side and you're deeply faithful, doesn't matter, you'll show up at 4 a.m., you love the Lord, or you're like, I don't know what time it is right now. Wherever you are in that spectrum, I guarantee you, if, if you could hear God speak to you, you, you might be willing to listen. One of the steps that you can take is to, to move your life into serving others. It seems like from this passage that as you're serving, you're, you're better positioned to hear him. So are you? Are you making steps to serve others? As, as the men in Acts were doing together, are, are you doing those things? Have you taken steps to serve? Even in small ways. The, the second thing that I have for you is that if you want to hear from God, are you in a community of people that are committed to the gospel that can speak that into your life? Where, where if you hear God speaking to you in some way through his word or um, through his promptings, are you able to socialize that with someone else? Talk about that? Do you, do you have someone that can challenge you? I know for me, when I was in high school, I was talking with someone who was uh, more mature in the faith and really working and, and, and walking alongside me. And, and we, we were meeting at a regular cadence. And you get into that, you know, beginning time and we're, we're talking about what's going on. And then he asked the question, he goes, what's God, what's God speaking to you right now? And, you know, you can, you can make it sound like, well, I'm just, I'm just waiting on the Lord. You know, like... Uh, because I, I, I didn't know, you know. And he said, 
God is saying something to you. Why aren't you listening? And I was like, ouch. But do you have those kind of people in your life? Do, do you meet regularly with someone in that, in that capacity where they can challenge you, keep you accountable? We, we, we grew up being told to have a personal relationship with God. But do we let anybody else speak into that relationship? I would, I would encourage you to, to plan on that. Yesterday I was, I was riding with my family in the car and we were, we were heading um, to a sporting thing and my oldest daughter was like, Mommy, Daddy, are there 15 days left in school? I'm like, I don't know. And she was like, because my teacher said it's 15 days. I'm like, well, if your teacher said, I guarantee you it's 15 days. <laughs> but I said, but you know what? Honestly, anything after Memorial Day weekends, it's kind of a wash. Like, you know, the stuff they did, tent day and other fun stuff that we got planned. Like, but, but from that, how many times we get our minds in that reality too? We hit the summer and we're like, I'm out of here. We got stuff plans. And again, my, my summer's crazy too. But, but where does community with other believers come into your plans for the summer? Or, or, or maybe, maybe, maybe you're like, I'm sailing across the ocean for the next three months. Okay. When you get back, <laughs> do you have a strategic plan to be in community with people centered around the gospel? If you want to hear God's voice better, I would encourage you to, to be a part of that. Then lastly, a step that you can take to better hear God's voice is, is to learn his word. There's, a, there's a, a theologian, his name's Graham Goldsworthy. That's an awesome name, first. But secondly, he writes this, there are no instances in the Bible in which God gives specific and special guidance to the ordinary believing Israelite or Christian in the details of their personal existence. Instead, every case of special guidance given to individuals in the Bible has to do with that person's place in the outworking of God's saving purposes. Listen, I've, I've heard a lot of people tell me God told me to. Whether that be job choices, relationships, whether they honor the Lord or not, they're like, I know God wants this. I'm like, how? Even I've heard some people talk about the things they eat, how God told them to. That's fine. But all of those things have to be pressed through the outworking of God's saving purposes. And the outworking of God's saving purposes are outlined in his word, in the Bible. God is not one to, to, to contradict himself we have instant access to his word at all times. And so a lot of times, yes, we want to be serving. We want to be in community. But if you truly want to hear God's voice now, open the word. Look at what the Bible says. Pray to God that he has it come alive to you and you can hear his voice through his word. Sometimes people ask for signs. Sometimes people are like, God, speak to me. Open your Bible. He has spoken. The things he tells us today, that
that he prompts us to today, are you weighing that against Scripture? One of the things I love about working with those who are, who are kind of in that next generation and the upcoming and current leaders who are, who are young and vibrant is they can wrestle with like big questions. Like, God, what do you, what do you want me to do with my life? Now, as, as you get older, you kind of start, stop asking those questions as much. I know for me, I'm like, I wonder what time my kids are going to bed today. You know, what are we eating? Those kind of questions. But I love young people because they're wrestling with these like massive questions. Are you weighing those questions against what the word says? Whether it comes to where you're choosing to study, where you're choosing to go, where you're choosing to live, who you're choosing to date. Are you weighing those big decisions against the word of God? God has something to say about those things. He has spoken. Are you listening to him through his word? Maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're getting older, and a lot of times we get caught up in like, okay, what's next for me? What are my goals? I mean, sometimes there's aspects I'm wrestling with this too. Is the word informing the direction I go? Or, or is it just for me about, you know, trying to be comfortable and somehow get a little warm weather sometime, especially in the winter? Like, is that my goal? Is that that important? No. Weigh that against God's saving purposes. We are made for so much more than being comfortable. And as we hear God, we learn that. Are we taking our daily decisions, our jobs, our relationships, our marriage, our parenting, our choices for the future, are we taking those things and weighing them against the word? Are we listening to what wise counsel might say about those things? Are we in community where we can talk about those things so that we can sharpen each other? All of us, I truly believe all of us want to hear God's voice. But if we can take a step to serve, if we can take a step to be in community, and if we can take a step to learn his word, and I don't just mean like learn it as like, eh, I read it once in a while. I mean like learn it like the back of your hand, learn it. I truly believe that we will be a people, a community, a body of believers committed to taking next steps, next steps for Jesus and committed to listening to him and his guidance. And I am so excited to see when all of us are walking in step, just, just like in this passage in Acts 13, where we're confirming, affirming, and sending people out to do his work. I think as we do that, we'll live that mission. We'll be a people that God sends out to use to change and transform this world. Now that's that you, you can do that, you can be that we hear from God, may we be those people. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Valley Avon podcast. If you would like to hear more, you can subscribe for free on any platform you use. 
If you would like to visit us in person or would like to submit a prayer request, you can visit us on the web at avon.valleycommunity.cc. From all of us here at Valley Community Baptist Church, thank you for coming and have a blessed week. 